From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Everybody and welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and yeah, that was an we, episode. We we got a, a murder mystery afoot. Dun dun dun! Holy smokes! Was a Colonel Mustard in the library with a candlestick holder? <laughs> I think it was a guy with a ponytail. Which one? Uh, a Everybody. Red, a red one. A red ponytail. I think it's the red ponytail. Well, well. Mm, we're gonna find out. I don't out. know. I, I'm, I'm still. I'm gonna take you. development on that one. Okay, but I'm, we're gonna we're gonna delve into this but a little I, bit. As I promised on Facebook, I have a Chernobyl sized take for this episode. A Chernobyl sized outlandish theory. Oh yeah, a Chernobyl sized outlandish wow. theory. So I'm getting my podcast mixed up. Here. Okay, yeah. So um, because this is like, Chern- this- like. Radiate radiation just spewing out of me. Oh, I love That's it. That's how hot. This you know, it's so is. hard because as a book reader, knowing who done it and what happens next and all this kind of stuff, I'm going to be doing a lot of interesting. As our fellow book readers, they're just going to sit there and go, "Hmm, interesting." Yeah. Hold on, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to take a picture of us right now. <laughs> For those of you, uh, you know, tuning in in the future, I continue to be ill. And um, we are podcasting again from bed because it's the end of the day. Our kids did not want to fall asleep. We're recording at 9.31 at night. And, um, you know, it would be hard for me to record at 9.31 at night healthy. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. Sick. But we've got some good news. I am going to be accepted into our state's long COVID clinic. And I will probably start in May, and I'm really excited. So excited! I feel like I was accepted into college, (laughs) except I'm accepted (laughs) because I'm so sick. (laughs) And here's something fun, ladies and (laughs) gents. Here's something fun, ladies and gents. Uh, The picture I just took, I'm going to be putting up on the socials. You'll be able to see it at at Mary at the Mary and Blake Facebook page and on Instagram. Oh. Um, Wanted to let you know that I brought out our old podcasting unit that we had when we first started podcasting when we first started outlander our cast first our first microphones our first little audio box so if you've been with us since the beginning and we podcasted on our dining room table with these microphones propped up on books <laughs> we call it our diva boxes yes we did <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're back to using them because listen i love actually i quite like doing the shows from bed because i think it's cute um, and I get to make all the in-bed jokes, and who doesn't love the in-bed jokes? But the sound quality that we were getting was just not to my standard. So I had a brilliant idea, and now I, I have a little po- mobile podcasting unit in our bedroom so that when we are ready to podcast, and Mary can, and she's feeling okay, we can do it from bed and still get 80% of Except what. I have to hold this microphone. 
that yeah, exerts we don't have the energy. Diva boxes anymore. I, I need a bed diva box. No, you have to sit up more <gasps> and kind of like rest like how I am. No, I don't want to sit up more. That takes more energy. <laughs> so uh, hope, just please appreciate the effort that we're putting in here, ladies and gents, because we're, we're, we're doing some we're doing some good work here. I'm so I'm so proud. And Mary is already yawning. You can probably hear it. So we're going to get this uh, podcast train listen, moving. Listen, I need to talk about this episode. Yeah, you do. If you're in the future and you haven't recently watched this episode, we have a recap for you. All right. You ready to get into the show? Yes, I am. All right, let's do it. So, as this was written by our intrepid writer, Angela Hickey, thank you so much, Angela. I'm going to read it. Here's a mini recap. Let's go. So, we enter our two-week break with a shocking ending for the episode to mull over. But, before we get started, here's our recap. 606, the world turned upside down. By the way, that little... The world turned upside down. That little red herring of the world turned upside down? Not happy with that. Down. Not happy. What do you mean? Uh, you, you know what? Don't don't go break it on Hamilton. Why not? If it's not going to be Hamilton, Alexander like Alexander Hamilton adjacent. What? I just felt like that was just. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's yeah. like you love Revolutionary War stuff. Yep. Me too. It opens with an upside down shot from the inside of the church, which writes itself as Roger preaches a sermon, which the weak things of the world confounding to the strong and the low things turning what exists to nothing. As the episode unfolds, Roger's, Roger's message becomes a bit of a prophetic as a microscopic amoeba in the water kills a dozen or more Ridge residents with dysentery. The Dr. Claire medicine woman nearly dies herself of a different mysterious bacterial infection, a twin to the illness that hits Tom Christie. Dun, dun, dun. Interesting. Colonel Mustard. Claire Back was, at it again. Claire, while in a severe fever, seems, sees visions of snakes and amoebas and a beating heart swirling in her mind, along with the blurred vision of Malva creepily consoling Jamie by the window. She wakes a week later with Roger at her side and her infamous hair cut off thanks to Malva and Mrs. Bug. Again, the theme of the small bringing down the mighty rings when the Christies come galloping up to the big house. Wee Weird Malva is pregnant and tries to trap and extort the king of men by naming him as her baby daddy. Claire slaps Malva and runs out, but Malva can prove her story. She knows more about the she knows about the more private scars on his body. Sort of way. That peeping Tom move really paid off. Mm. The Frasers are now shunned but solidly still supporting each other. Roger and Jamie attend the provincial convention in New Bern, where the lowly colonies are planning rebellion against the greatest military force of its time. And again, the low will overcome the mighty. And while they are gone, Claire attempts to show grace and mercy to Malva, and Malva does start to take Claire's olive branch, but Alan shuts it down, accusing Claire of witchcraft, and Malva concurs. Strong woman Claire now finds herself prisoner to the past trauma with and ether addiction, and in a final jaw-dropping stroke, Claire finds Malva in her garden with a slit throat with, which happened while Claire was passed out on her ether trip. Claire desperately does a C-section on the, on the spot to save the baby, but the baby is D-E-D dead. We end with a devastated Claire kneeling in the middle of a gruesome scene in her garden, looking very guilty to whoever stums, stumbles along next. A dead baby in her hands, a carved up Malva on the ground before her, and her own bloody knife flung by her side. Not great Bob. In not Mary friendly. I gotta tell you. <laughs> I knew it was coming. 
But I could not watch that C-section. Yeah, that's... It's gross sound effects. Dude, that was something. And Katrina Balfe was pregnant when she had to film that that scene. Imagine doing that in general. Imagine doing that as as a woman... And then imagine doing it while you have your own child growing within you. Ah! Well, this episode was entitled The World Turned Upside Down. And Angela, I think, has already touched upon one of the many reasons why it was entitled The World Turned Upside Down. It was written by none other than none other than Tony Graffia. Love. Love, oh, Tony. love Tony Graffia. Tony, Tony is just... I. <laughs> they said, Tony, we have a lot of ground to carry cover. We need, like an expert to get in here and fix this. We so, basically need like three episodes yeah, in, in one. one. So why don't you make that happen? So I will say this. Tony had, I think, an impossible job. I concur. Uh, but we'll get there in a minute. She has. She was the co-showrunner, I think, really, of season three and four, mm. along with Matt Roberts, though it seems like Matt Roberts has now taken the full reins, which makes sense because at the time, Matt was no more than a co-producer. And she, Tony, had been working with Ron Moore ever since her BSG days, right? Back in Battlestar Galactica. So it made sense for her to kind of like be the, the wise sage to help Matt along yeah. during this process. Uh, she has written many of the Outlander episodes dating back all the way to season one. In fact, she's one of the, I think, the only two the writers mm-hmm. left from that season one crew. Um, she and Matt Roberts. Uh, she's uh, written episodes Rent, The Devil's Mark, The Watch, La Dame Blanche, Faith, Dragonfly and Amber, Of Lost Things, Freedom and Whiskey, Eye of the Storm, America the Beautiful, The Birds and the Bees, Man of Worth, Between Two Fires, The Ballad of Roger Mack, Never My Love, and obviously this episode. That list of episodes. Woo, those are doozies. Those are heavy fracking hitters. Heavy hitters. I mean, Of Lost Things, uh, Dragonfly and Amber, quite possibly... The best episode of Outlander yet. In your opinion, yeah. Um, she does, you know, she's got the watch, whatever, but La Dame Blanche, The Devil's Mark. She got Rent, which I was out on Rent. Um, you know, I enjoyed Rent as, I, a, as a replay. America the Beautiful. A lot. I mean, Man of Worth. Yeah. Uh, the Ballad of Roger Mack. I mean, these are legit episodes. And for anybody to say that they don't like Tony Graffia's writing, they're on Planet Zippy. Agreed. They're on Planet Zippy. This one was also directed by Justin Malotnikoff, who directed the episode Temperance, uh, and obviously this episode. Mary, what do you got for your kilt rating? My kilt rating is, um, I'd say a 4.8. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I liked it a lot. It's just, it was a lot. It was, was a lot. It was a lot. And for me, because it was so much, it felt like... It, like you said, Mary, it felt almost like three episodes in one. And when you when you do that, it's too much. So I'm going to give this one a 4.41. Um, it, like pretty much on the same level as last week's episode okay. uh, for me. Uh, you're good, bad. You're a GBG. You're good, you're bad, and you're great. All right. So my good is shit's hitting the fan freaking love it okay just just give it to me shit's hitting, the fan. shit's hitting the fan we got dead people in a garden dead baby we've got 
pregnancy rumors going up the wazoo. All the Fisher folk being mean to Claire. Oh, yeah. And Claire's just like, oh, Jamie will be back in two months. How about Mrs. Bug? Mrs. Like, Bug just being a gossiper. Like, she is Lady Whistledown. Yeah. Oh, like, Julie Andrews, move over. Oh, yeah. No, no. Move it's Mrs. Over. Bug time. She just hears that and goes and tells everybody. And you don't see her get reprimanded. You no. don't see Bree being like, shut your mouth. That's my that's my dad. By the way, if you are a fan of Lady Whistledown and Bridgerton, it you can coming. go. To, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. You can go to MarianBlake.com. <gasps> check can out. start it next week. We might. We might be able we to. We might be able to because there's a week off out there. That's right. So, uh, although I, I was thinking about doing The Last Kingdom next week. Okay. Well, listen. Well, my good is shit's hit. What I'm saying is go to MarianBlake.com. Check out Bridgerton with Marian Blake. They know, if you Blake. love Bridgerton. They well, know. you know what? I, someone's got to sell the brand it might as well be me okay so that's my good i'm just here for all the stuff i'm here for claire being like why am i even here mm. why am i even here jamie <laughs> uh <laughs> you like that <laughs> my bad claire, why am i even here jamie i know that this is a time traveling show more than i should have why and jamie <laughs> we we should not uh, that's the first Claire voice that of the is. season. You're welcome. Oh, I'm in. My bad. I don't know when I am. Okay. I'm just very confused with time. And thank God they cut Claire's hair off so I can understand how much time has passed. Lots Between of time Claire's hair being cut off and seeing it grow and then Malva suddenly popping. Okay. Yeah, like, Whoa. Hey, there's a baby in that's there. That's a lot. And, that, and that's like, that's a lot. That's okay. How I, long was she pregnant for? And how long was Jamie gone? Jamie was gone for two months. That baby does not grow that big in two months. That baby had been growing for a while, Blake. It's because it's not Jamie's baby. No, I know what I'm that saying. That baby had been there for a while. Yeah. And it was her first pregnancy, most likely. So she was holding it in for a little bit. Yeah, you're right. And you pop closer to the six-month mark, whereas Bree, Bree's going to be popping quicker. Okay? It's her second baby. Right. I mean, so I guess wouldn't people like you, especially Claire, wouldn't they be like, that baby is like super old how could it be jamie you know the fisher folk they don't care yeah they don't, they don't, they don't care, care about science no and, you know in, in reality I, no. I suppose okay fair so enough. uh that's my bad is aside from tom christie's writing a letter and it's like 1775 and jamie's going off to the first continental congress meeting mm-hmm. you know, so we're getting some time frames put in but i'm still very confused yep gotcha very confused on on time gotcha um and then my great oh, my great mm-hmm. was the 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 moment with jamie and claire in the stables having that big conversation um I wanted more from Jamie during Claire's illness, um, connection-wise, mm-hmm. but I appreciate that they were like short on time, and you got to see everybody there, and I just loved being able for him to, to finally be like, so I did sleep with someone. <laughs> Granted, you actually were not alive Who then. Who the hell is Mary McNabb? <laughs> <laughs> that was, that is excellent writing. From way back when, Blake. No, no, I know. But when, when Claire was like, "Who's Mary McNabb?" Oh yeah, Claire's like, "What, what the hell, like, Jamie?" For, for Claire to just say that and the show to kind of wink at you while she says that, yeah, it means the show's in on the joke. And yes. I like that. Yes, but also Claire's like, "I wasn't alive at all at that point, man." Yeah, so like, whatever. You, you, why are you faking me out? Freaking well, she, me out right now. She was alive, but she just was back to the future. 
Yeah, but so she wasn't. She wasn't in that time frame alive. Yeah, and then, but like the other thing, I, the other question I have about this, yeah, is why are we whistling past the graveyard here of William? What, and, what about William? And the and the the, the chick he slept with. Because she already knew about all those. He okay. already told her about oh, those. Right, and and William came about because he was being blackmailed. That's so that true. So, so he like, yeah, yeah, he had sex. He laid with Mary McNabb. He like William. chose gotcha. to do this. And technically, he kind of did that with, what's her name too? But but, but Claire but knew. Yes, she okay. didn't know about Mary McNabb. So this is something he wanted to tell her is that I like chose to lay with this woman yeah. to feel good. And I did not tell you about this one person. Gotcha. So that's why he wanted to get it off his chest okay. after all this time. So I just enjoyed that conversation because I loved Claire just kind of losing it for a little bit, even though she knew Jamie didn't sleep with the baby. And for her to say, oh, he's like, how did you know it wasn't my baby? And she said, because I know that you would never like give up a baby of your blood. Yes, right. Oh, no, oh boy. no he wouldn't, Claire. No we know our Jamie. King of men. King of men. Truly. So that was my great. How about right. you? What's your GPG? My good. Um, the scene with Tom Christie, when he just rolls up to the big house and is like, we got to talk. Oh, those horses whinnying. Oh, man. And then it's it, just the tension of that moment. Did they leave like that same day? Because he and Roger were packing up the trunk. Yeah. They had their nice clothes on. Did he just be like, okay, Claire, so so Miss P- Mrs. Bug is going to go gossip, <laughs> but I got to go. So I got things to do. And uh, my flight's in 10 minutes still. <laughs> so I'll catch you in two months. You know, TSA, really, it's the problem with TSA. Like, how long did he stay? You, you got to get to the stables at least they an hour the, in advance. Well, that, yeah, they have their little stable chat. <laughs> he tells her about Mary McNabb, and then he's like, so, look at the time. Hey. <laughs> Roger's there honking the horn. I, ah, ah. I tell you, the, the TSA at the stables, it's... they. You know, no pre-check then. They don't have enough. They don't got enough employees. They don't have the, global entry. The li- the 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 lines are taking forever. Oh, especially after COVID. I know. And you know, <laughs> aka allowed, dysentery. Yeah, you're not allowed to bring <laughs> drinks because dysentery's everywhere. <laughs> dysentery was the COVID of 1775. Oh man, but that scene. Watch out for those amoebas. Uh, that scene was terrific. Which one? Uh, the one with Tom Christie and and where where it's in the house like, in the house. It okay. was just a terrific scene. Uh, the tension was perfect, um, and it was and that tension was even kind of released too when Tom Christie and Jamie are just manhandling Alan, oh. and they just keep smacking him like, <laughs> shut up, dude, go away. <laughs> Can't help but just laugh at how stupid yes. Alan is. Yes. Um. So, but. The way that it's written, and you can tell that Tom is pissed that his daughter's pregnant. But he he has a certain level of respect for Jamie, and he's like, okay, so you're- except he's like, she says she laid with the man a dozen times, right? And <laughs> what, Melva? Why do you have to add that insight? So I just I find it uh, it was excellent because Tom knows where he's at, and, and he knows that he's dealing with a man that is respected and it's just like, okay, so you're going to sign this contract, right? And you're going to let, you're going to take my kid on this. My grandchild is an heir, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good talk. I just loved that scene. It was very well constructed mm-hmm. uh, and very well written. The bad for me was the dream sequences that Claire had. 
I thought they tried too hot. The snake blood. The snake and the blood and the hot and the whole thing. It's just like, I know you're trying to be psychedelic here. She's trying to be like Master Raymond time again. I know, and I, and I know you. I know what you're trying to do, but it just wasn't working. I mean, because here's the thing. We all have weird dreams, right? We Absolutely. all have weird dreams where Absolutely. we wake up and we're like, whoa, snakes and blood and, and red and weird stuff. But it is hard to bring that across on screen. Yeah, and especially the way that they did it, too. It's like like these, these close-up shots of a snake. Like, if it was, if it was a dream that, like, Claire could see herself in in like the third person and she's like a snake is going by her well we also don't see Claire dream while she's taking ether we have it as like you fall it's asleep and you no Claire's dr- Claire saw the snake in the blood and the heart and all that kind of stuff when she did the ether right oh yeah maybe you're right or did she do it oh no no she... oh no it was fever time it was fever time okay all right now I feel better never so mind what I'm saying is um, okay, so she can. I'm okay with that. I was not. I, Why I are you they, not okay I, with I it? They tried too hard, and like they tried too hard to be a little edgy with the heart and the hand and everything. It just it. It was a messed I, up dream. What Mike. I wanted from her, what I wanted from the dream sequence, was like a more realistic dream where you think, "Oh wow, snakes in the house, like weird." Like, and why is Claire holding this heart? It's not. Then you realize, oh, but this is But dreams a dream. don't make sense. Dreams are... Exactly. That's a lot of quick cuts. No, but like, it's not dreams always... Mine are. Dreams happen... Like, it, one of the Everyone's best dreams things that's ever happened in, in movie history is when uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is talking to... Um, what's her name? From the you're, Umbrella Academy. Yeah, you're really helpful right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> in the movie Page, Inception. She's now Elliot Page, but at the time she was Ellen Page. Um... He's talking in the movie in Obsession in in Inception. He's talking Leonardo DiCaprio is talking to Ellen Page. And he's saying, "Do you ever know when your dreams start? Like, how do you know you're not dreaming right now?" And she's like, "Well, yeah, I, I we talked, and and then she realized, oh my god, I'm in a dream right now." And I just that's what I wanted from that sequence. But that's not how everyone dreams. No, everyone absolutely dreams that way. No. You don't just all of a sudden say, oh, I'm dreaming now. No, you don't happen. know you're in a dream, but I'm saying exactly. that your dreams aren't always realistic. Sometimes dreams are abstract. I know. I'm saying quick my preference was I didn't want to But know you are saying everyone has to dream the way that you dream. No, I'm saying that everybody starts the dream the same way. No, they don't. Yes, they do. No one knows, okay, I'm dreaming now. Why not? Because you just don't know. All of a sudden, you just find yourself in a situation. She didn't know she was dreaming right then. Uh, you're not getting what I'm saying. That's okay. It's fine. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's okay. I'm just saying, not everybody dreams like but you. But my great, I have a tie. <laughs> I have a tie. Um, the scene when Jamie and Claire are in bed, and she's talking about how she stepped on him. They almost, he almost broke her ribs and oh broke his ribs. Oh, my God. That was amazing. And they were laughing at each other. <sighs> and. The and tenderness. Even, and then even like he's like, oh, what happened to your ass? Like and she's like, oh, don't worry, that's gonna grow back. Yeah. Like I know <laughs> that wasn't the same scene, but these little things are why, um, the the relationship between 
Jamie and Claire is tactile. Oh my God. Even how they're going over her qualities and she's like, I'm patient. He's like, you are not patient. Yeah. And I'm gentle. No, you're not. No, you're not at all. And she's like, fine. Uh, so what do you like about me? And he says that you think I'm funny. Yeah. <laughs> that right there. Again, perfect writing. Okay, Claire, what is it? I'm gentle. Nah. No. <laughs> I'm patient. No. no. <laughs> And you think I'm funny. Like, and they laugh about it. Oh, that's so cute. That is a legitimate married couple conversation. Agreed. And then, and then the show, once again, acknowledging its own, its own mythos, right? Just like that moment when she stepped on him as she opened the door and he was sleeping outside the Mm -hmm. door and back in season one, like that's really important stuff. And what I love about that is you go through this and you're laughing and you have all the humor and yet the the kind of end point is the faithfulness. Yes, absolutely. And that of course comes into play later in the episode. So I I love that point. I love what they do with that and it's it's also really good for the show to acknowledge itself in those early seasons. Because since season three, since they have moved to America, this show has felt like two different shows. Uh, And I like that it can acknowledge itself for what it once was. And we've kind of had a few callbacks, you know, just even referencing... uh, Uh, Frank in this episode. Oh, yeah. But even even, um, Jamie talking to Ian about what it's like to have your culture stripped from you know stripped from you and you have to be moved from your lands things like that where they're kind of calling back we even had the flashbacks to Ardsmuir we had the flashback Mm -hmm. to the Bonnie Prince but like those are big things that are kind of required of the show this conversation between Jamie and Claire it's just a character moment it's just a moment between two people who love each other, who are remembering back to like, oh, remember that when that happened like 30 years ago? Well, then Jamie even talks about his time in the cave. Yes, exactly. And, you know, we're able to kind of reference back to that. So I agree with you. These little references to remind you of how much time we have now spent with the Frasers. Right, right. And then the other great that I have is it's the opening shot. It's the when everything is literally upside down and then everything turns and writes itself and then you see everybody in 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 the church and everything it is flashy it is splashy oh my god i did not think they were flashy or splashy i'm sitting there saying i would have fallen asleep in roger's sermons oh no no i'm saying the shot itself this is is not rock jesus (laughs) the the shot itself is flashy it's it's a look at me (laughs) moment yes and i am here for it as all of you know this is a mary and blake media commitment give me all the flashy i want all the flashy you can give me unless it's a dream unless it's a dream when when that when it sucks because it's so funny i'm just saying the shots like that make a difference it's not just camera a camera b over the shoulder look at me like this that and the other thing it's that is what sets good tv apart from mediocre tv Okay. Give me something flashy and something inventive. Tell me a story without telling me a story. It's like those TikToks, you know, tell me you're rich without telling me you're rich or tell me you're from Massachusetts <laughs> without telling me you're from Massachusetts. Okay. Tell me that you're a good show without telling me. I can't believe you just Tell me TikToks. the story that you're trying to convey without telling me. Mm-hmm. And that is what happened with that shot. Love it. Give me all the flashy. Okay. Well, that might be my next t-shirt. Okay. You know, and that could probably be interpreted in a couple of different ways. 
Just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm just gonna say that. Give me all the flashing. We've heard you say that now five times. I'm gonna keep saying it too. That's oh, great. All right, so Mava, what stands out for you uh, in this episode? Because we are already 27 minutes in to we this. Just finished the GBG. We just like, finished the GBG. Can we go uh, kind of a bit by bit through the episode? Sure. Well, yeah. What do you got? Okay. Well, we open up in church. I'm bored. Yeah. Roger, great beard. Love that Jamie and Claire get to have a little PDA in, in church. Yes. Um, fun fact. I tried to convince Blake to go to church, to the Rock Jesus Church, oh. um, which I joke. I've, I've been a church nomad, and so I've gone to many different types. And if you've never been to a Rock Jesus Church, I'm telling you, they're an experience. That's when you get like the rock band up there, and they're singing all these like pop pop worship guy, songs guy took himself but, way too serious what i loved about this place is they seriously. had like boutique donuts <laughs> and they had like cold brew coffee cap like carts up at the place so so good and the kids care was great and i noticed and i told blake i said all the parents this is like a date they sit in church and they have their arms around each other they're like stroking each other's hands because it's like they're two hours without their kids for the whole week plus they got their coffee and their bougie donut this is a brunch date for these people and they get to go to a concert so i almost sold blake on the idea of going to church just so he could hold my hand for two hours without That's kids true. bothering us and we tried to go and we went three times and each time we got called from kids care because our kids like pooped their diaper like two diapers worth of stuff you know one was crying all this stuff and finally the last time um as i was leaving church and the person was like i'm sorry that the kids you know are crying or whatever and i said it's okay Jesus gave me these kids. He just doesn't want me at this church. And I'm like, <laughs> these kids keep crying. So we'll come back one day. But I loved watching Jamie and Claire just sit there, have that little little PDA moment. And you know who was peeping on that? Who was that? Tom Christie. Tom Christie. He was wishing that he could have a little PDA at Rock Jesus Church. So are you getting, with the, some sense, bougie donuts. Are you getting the sense that the show is trying to convey to you that Tom is falling in love with Claire? Because think, if they are trying to convey that, they're doing a poor job. I think um, just loneliness from what the show is showing me. Loneliness or isn't that nice? I don't have that. Nobody's holding my hand. I don't know. I think that there is, that you do get the sense that Tom Christie sees the tenderness in Claire. You know, she goes and checks up on him later and... um you know, he says to her, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you came here. Is he smiling? Is he, you know, happy and lovely? No, but I don't think he ever could be. So I just you you notice that he sees that you notice that he's seeing her behavior and they're touching in church. Uh, yes. And then, of course, they leave church and Roger says, hey, that family with five kids. <laughs> <laughs> they stopped coming. Yeah, the Larsons. They're always here. <laughs> the they always come for the free donuts. <laughs> <laughs> They're the husband and wife who were like two hours by myself. Deal. Just, just to hold hands. <laughs> oh my god, yes. He's like, I noticed they're not in the back nooking. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm legitimately Schmogging. telling you. I'm legitimately t- telling you, listener. Mary, the only reason why I 
even conceded to going to rock Jesus was just because I could hold Mary's hand for two hours and just I have nicknames for all my churches there's the smelly one with way too much incense (laughs) (laughs) there's the one that you don't talk (laughs) that's my favorite one the Quaker one I know the friend's house that's not a church no that's the Quaker house that's the friend's house the Uh, meeting house I love that one that's for nerds you just look out the window and look at the leaves (laughs) it's awesome Just sit there and be quiet. Oh my god, it sounds like heaven. I mean, you know what? I think we should go to that one next. Just just do nothing. The Quaker one? Yeah, sure. Our kids probably won't be quiet enough. I know. We'll get kicked no out chance. of being Quakers. No chance. <laughs> they actually are meeting virtually now. <laughs> and they just sit they sit in Zoom in silence. My Is mom it? started to go and she said that she was going to a Christmas Eve service and I said, What are you doing? She said, We all just lit a candle on Zoom and we sit in silence <laughs> with a candle in Zoom. By the way, let me say this. If Love that's it. what you do, I'm no, actually I'm I, not laughing at you. I'm laughing because it's something that I want to do and just experience. You've made fun of me for going to the friends meeting. Oh, house. I'm absolutely gonna make fun of you, but I'm saying if that's what you do, like if you're a Quaker, I'm not making fun of you. You can't say I wanna do that. And make fun of people at the same. My I'm mom, not making fun of anybody. I just I think it's you just made funny fun of me for going. Zoom and just don't do nothing. That's my mom. It's not just people. My mom was on <laughs> Zoom with her candle. Oh man. This, so yeah, I don't it's know. been a weird couple of two years. Okay, this isn't like the normal thing, Blake. No, it's it's you know what. If that's a fever dream right here. The past right. two years is a fever dream. So so Roger notices that the that the couple with the five kids who wants the free donuts and the free childcare for two hours isn't showing up. <laughs> and and Claire and the the jolly gal gang, Sans Marceli. I know. Who, by the way, Marceli and Fergus obviously are gone. They're in New, New Bern. Yes. Malva Christie should be thinking her lucky stars. That Marcely is not here. Oh yes, because Malva got away with a smack that was half of a glove. Okay, Claire hit, hit her like with a half glove tan, so you know that smack didn't hurt too much. No, no. If but Marcely if Marcely was, was there, she would have pounded oh, that girl she, into the center of the earth. She would have taken out her spinning wheel and been all sorts of maleficent on her. <laughs> Touch the spinning wheel. She would have sent her to another friggin' dimension. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you know, like, you know, like when you. When you you see know, Marceline knows some witch stuff. You know, when you see a fight and someone's just on the person, just pounded away, and you're like, oh my god, stop. That's what Marceline would have done I mean, to Malva. She wouldn't have beat a pregnant woman. A pregnant, she is pregnant, right? Marceline oh, no, is no longer pregnant, pregnant. I forgot. Yeah, that's right. She had the kid. She would have tattooed her face or something. She would have done something. She, she <laughs> drew, drew like a big penis on her face. <laughs> <laughs> she would have just written whore. Whore <laughs> right on her forehead. In a sharpie. <laughs> Is the she would have taken one of Fergus's accessories. That's the Sharpie hand, <laughs> and tattooed her face. Oh. Asked Ian how he got his tattoos. Oh, knocked her out with some ether and just tattooed whore on her head. So whore. So this episode, and you're right, Mary. We get to the point where you know they go to the house and they see the people, and that was like kind of tragic because as a father, I'm looking at that and I see the father that he's like all kinds of messed up, and looking at the mother and she's all kinds of messed up, and you just get to the point where you can't do anything, <sighs> like you just you just give up 
on trying to survive and you watch your kids just fall apart like i had a hard time with that was that a hard scene. scene that was a hard scene because as a parent you feel like you would do you would give every last breath to making sure your kids live and there just has to come a time where you're like can't even move. i can't do it now you know that scene was just so well directed because you felt tense. You were there when Mel was saying the baby won't drink. Yeah. And when, the, you know, they're trying to get the children up and Bree's running out for the water and Claire's saying we need to have some light. It was so dark in there, obviously. But you were feeling it. And there was that moment when the mother died and the baby died and Claire's just standing there. And I thought she was going to lose it for a second. Mm-hmm. You know, she just had that kind of stunned look that we've seen her head several times in this season. Um, but you were there with them. Yep. In sure. those tense, tense moments. Sure. So we of course lose them and it then kind well, of the baby dies and then the mother dies once the baby yeah. dies. Yeah. And then we kind of cut and we see several graves, you know, and there's lots of yeah. of deaths that have not That's happened due to dysentery. That's good editing. Because again, tell me a story without telling me a story. Mm-hmm. And that's what that is. Like, you showed me what happened, and then you cut to, oh, guess what? And it's much larger than what you Oh, think. no, it didn't cut because we learned about what it was beforehand. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're we right. found the no, little but either amoeba. way, we still, we still get, like, a little bit of information, and then we see the outcome, right? Yes. Uh, still good editing. Yeah. And I will admit, the only reason why I know what dysentery is is because of Oregon Trail. You and all of us, Blake. <laughs> all of us listening right now. That's it. That's the only and the question. Why. Have we played Oregon Trail? Blake, have you? Of course. How do you say that state? Oregon. So if you're from it, you yeah, say Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, no, I don't care. No, that's 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 the they're, they're friggin' banana. Isn't league. that crazy that there's a game and the people from that state must be like, what the hell? <laughs> there's a game named after our state. Well, the trail to, you know, yeah, to our state. And people can't even freaking get it right. No. No wonder everyone says it wrong. All, if you're from Oregon, I'm sorry. Oregon. It's Oregon. No. If it's someone's no, name. No, there are people that say stupid like things weird all the time. Like people say, instead of crayon, they say crayon. No, I don't like it when people mispronounce the towns and cities from my own state. Here in Rhode Island, we have a lot of very difficult places to... In Massachusetts, too. Uh, to, because of um, the American Indian names from the areas. What? Even you couldn't pronounce some of the towns in Massachusetts. Yeah, well, that was some... that, But that Stout wasn't... On. <laughs> oh. I was thinking Doe, Stowe. Stouton. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, and it's Stoughton, by the way, not not Stoughton. Yeah, I know. I'm here, Blake. I get it. <laughs> For the listeners, okay, dysentery, Oregon Trail, Oregon Trail. Okay, dysentery. No, Trail. There's no cure. No cure for or, for uh, dysentery. You can get yourself some Gatorade. All, all the Gatorade. All the electrolytes. All the saltine crackers. <laughs> you just hope and pray. You know, you're, you're hoping for a brat diet. Some bananas. Really? Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm you, talking about. You mm-hmm. need a brat diet. Well, you and you know what they don't have on the ridge? What's bananas. That? No bananas. No nanners. They only have a rat diet. Ew. <laughs> Do they have rice? Probably not. Probably not. So they have an at diet. If they have applesauce left. <laughs> How good is their canning skills? <laughs> What's the tea? Toast. Toast. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't it just be bread? Wouldn't it be the brab diet? Why does it have to be a brat diet? I don't know. Because toast makes me think you want butter on it, but you don't want dairy no. when you go on the brat diet. No, you can't. You got. And what the hell? Toast. What? Then just have bread. Who wants dry toast? 
You know who wants dry toast? Tony Horton. For those of you who, who exercise P90, P90X2, dry toast is tight. Okay. It's lean. All right. Well, we're done with this conversation. Okay. So we see the amoeba. We see Malva liking the amoeba, amoeba action. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We see all the dead people, the, the dead graves. Yes. And at this point, <laughs> Brie goes, where's the sin eater? I haven't seen him in so long. Yeah. Okay. That. So do you understand what a sin eater is, Blake? Not at all. Not okay. at all. They do not explain this well. Nope. And they just they show you in the previously on Outlander the bread and then the sin eater going to eat the bread and and them saying to Jemmy, Oh, that's the sin eater's bread. Remember when the woman came back to life? Yep, yep. And then we've got Bree just mentioning it briefly here. So back like the Fisher full crazy superstitious belief land mm-hmm. and of the olden times. There was a person in your community paid to eat the sins of your life. Huh. And they would eat the offering of bread. And in that sense, they would be eating your sins. So then you can go and have your sins taken away as you pass. Hmm. And the sin eater was usually someone who was kind of shunned anyway from society and they would actually get paid to eat your sins and that's kind of how they had their livelihood is they would just come and they'd eat the bread from all these dead people so that's why Bree's saying it because now they've had all these funerals and the sin eater isn't showing up to do his one job (laughs) (laughs) where are you bro you're supposed to show up when all the people die you only get two weeks paid vacation (laughs) (laughs) But this was a thing that they would do. And the person was ostracized from society anyway, because nobody wants to be, because the person is supposedly full of everybody's sins. Oh, okay. All right. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you So that's why he's not like in the regular part of society. He's yep. not like hanging out with the Christies gotcha. and, you know, helping Bree by the river yep. because he's shunned by society. But that's his J-O-B. Gotcha. And he's not showing up to do his J-O-B when right. dysentery is taking over the ridge. <laughs> All right. Well, you mentioned Bree, and we mentioned how this episode feels like two different or even three different episodes. We're going to talk about that. But first, we're going to talk and thank our partners. So, you know you want to sound good. You want to look good. You want to be... The best you can be, especially with the with the with the Burns dinner coming up soon. The Burns supper. The Burns supper dinner, whatevs. Stats for nerds. <laughs> the place you want to go for the Burns supper, if you're going, you want to look good. You gotta go get in touch with ScotlandShop.com. You go there, they hook you up with all the great tartans, and you can yeah, have your own virtual appointments. You can talk to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about when it comes to. Uh, the tartans and, and, and the history and what you should wear. They can hook you up with all the different accessories and everything, the stuff that I definitely need because I'm a jabroni when it comes to this stuff. Go to scotlandshop.com because they have all the best stuff right there for you. Love it. I love scotlandshop.com. Plus, we have, nice. a co- we have a coupon. We have a coupon code for you. Well, I like to say discount code. Yeah, me too. I the discount code. Use the discount code. And you don't just need to get kilts. Like, that's the thing. Right. You get all the accessories, There's too. all the accessories. It's a little, like, blanky shawl If, like, you don't know what to I get love. your husband for, like, his birthday or, or, you know, Valentine's or Father's Day or whatever. I don't know. Father's Day is coming up soon. Or if you don't know what to get your wife because Mother's Day is coming up. What? 
Get them some from scotlandshop.com. Because if your wife loves Scotland and Outlander, dude, that's a built-in gift. You know what? If you're a mother, I'm just going to tell you what I do. Shop for yourself. Okay? <laughs> just shop for yourself. Just treat yourself. No, what do we call it, Blake? What do we call the Sunday after Mother's Day? In this house. What? Makeup Mother's Day. No, that's true. And I just, then I do what I actually want. That's true. Good point. <laughs> so do what you want, treat yourself, and go to scotlandshop.com and you can get a 15% uh, discount thanks to our discount code, Outlander. So scotlandshop.com, discount code, 15% Outlander. off, Outlander. All right, Marvin. So we talked about Brie and. I want to bring up Brie because there's actually something that happens here that is not on the nose. She tells Claire she's pregnant? No. Although she did tell Claire that she was pregnant in this really weird time. Well, like, she probably thought her mom was going to die, and yeah. it's like the first time she sees her son's dying fear. They were talking really close, too, by the way. Could you imagine the, the, the morning breath from Claire? The dragon breath that must be coming out of her? Like, they didn't have deodorant back then. People probably farted a lot. So it's Stinky just, pits. So Claire, ju- Claire, just, Claire just sweat for a week straight. <laughs> How? Who knows what her bedpan situation was like? Oh, good point. Okay. Her dragon breath, least of their worries. So, um, <laughs> irrespective of Claire's dragon breath and irrespective of, <laughs> of Bree's choice to tell her when she's pregnant. I think it was a good choice. Bree... There's a great conversation between Bree and Roger. By the way, Roger showing up to protect Jamie the way that he did, like in terms of like defending him in front of Bree, huge for Roger Mack. Still not going to say that hey, he's stop, stop. We don't we don't call him names. I'm I'm I'm, I'm still not going to say that he's my hero, like I did last episode because okay. I was coaxed into doing so. I was I bamboozled. Hero, I was bamboozled. Just move on. The fact of the matter is this. <laughs> the fact of the matter is this. Bree is doubting Jamie a little bit. And Roger defends him. But what I love is that the show is telling you that Bree is messed up a little bit because of the trauma she's had from her parents. Like her 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 daddy and her mom. Not Jamie and her mom, but Frank and her mom. Because she watched a loveless marriage, a loveless marriage, someone in Frank who was probably stepping out and she's traumatized from that. She, she has been conditioned to not have full faith in a partner, which probably informs her actions with Roger in many ways. And let's not forget... Her mom was still technically kind of married to Frank while she was banging and married to Jamie. Absolutely. So, yeah. Brie needs all the co-pays. All the (laughs) co-pays when it comes to having a clear foundation on loyalty to your partner. And it's not to say shame on Claire or shame on Frank. But yes, Blake, her upbringing... It's got a lot of holes. It's like Swiss cheese when it comes to yes. solid foundations of staying true to your partner. And I don't think that it's wrong for her to have these conversations with her husband. I don't think it's wrong for her to say, oh, no, I'm not my parents it's wrong. aren't superheroes. Yes. You know, everybody makes mistakes. Even my daddy, who I thought 
was the best man on this planet mm-hmm. made this kind of a mistake. So this sucks that this is now being brought up. Thanks a lot, Mrs. Bug. Yes. Yeah, Mrs. Bug. Lady Whistle. Little Whistle Down. <laughs> Lady Whistlebug. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I wanted to point that conversation out and I wanted to point that uh, emotional tone out because I felt like that was a really special part of the episode that I think is undervalued because it actually gives you some texture for Brie because so far for me Brie has been nothing more than just I'm Jamie's daughter like they really she just doesn't have like can you explain Brie to me as a character Uh, through the show's lens not too awfully well exactly yet exactly yet all I'm saying all I'm saying is this is one of the first things that the show has done to actually give her something. I would say that her trying to build the plumbing and the water wheel is another thing as well in her matches. So we're getting a lot of insight in the doing of what Claire wants to, I mean, Claire, what Brie wants to do. And we get her as a mother and we have to remember that she's gone through her own trauma and she's come back in time to warn her parents. So there is a lot to Brie. A lot to her, but compared to other characters, I agree. Yeah, and and again, this is this is uh, it's not a Marion Blake commandment. She's just not as dynamic to watch. Of Marion Blake, if if you can explain a character to to me without telling me their name, what they look like, or what job they do, then you have a good character. And I think you can do that with Bray. It's just she's not as fleshed out as some other characters right now and that's okay yep just no, have it's some okay patience. i'm saying what i'm saying is this is a good thing yes because it's the first it's one of the first things that the show has done to give us something other than her name what she looks like or what she does but we can but we've talked about too how this next generation is getting more fleshed out in this season how each of these characters is really having some moments to shine you know we got fergus and marceline and, and ian and and roger we've we've said this now almost every single episode about the younger generation like oh mm-hmm. this was a really nice layer to them so i don't think um it's not on purpose all right so let's uh acknowledge the elephant in the room here the Malva of it all. Let's do it. <sighs> um, now I'm just going to sit back and say lots of interestings. <laughs> oh, Claire's I, hair, first off. Malva well, was in on that. Yeah, and, and Malva again, and Mrs. Bug. And again, this is like what they where do the with show feels like three separate shows. The first one is the the death part of the, of the show. The second one is like Claire getting sick. And then the third one is the murder mystery and the plot, the, the, the pregnancy and the, the pregnancy sex. plot turn. Like, it's three shows combined into one. So, Tony, like, I, like we said at the top of our episode here, Claire, I'm sorry, Tony Graffia had a doozy, a, a monumental task to actually make this work and, and give it a through line. And you can tell that she struggled with it. Because they had to do these time jumps at the end of the episode to give us, like, a working plot. I wouldn't say a working plot, but they just had to have pretty significant time jumps. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, in order to get from A to Z, they couldn't... Lots lots of movies and shows have to do that. I No, I know. But because there's so much and because it's the, the, the subject yes. matters 
are like adjacent to each other, but they're not directly tied to one another, although they are, but like But for example, when Claire was sick, yes. in the books, it's supposed to be she could be dying. And we're in the books, and I know show is show, book is books, but this is why I'm saying it felt like it could have been multiple episodes. I don't think we got to have the severity of how scared her family was that she actually might be dying. How scared Jamie was that she actually might be dying through this. Mm, yeah. um, so I don't, I, I, yes, she was out for a week, and oh my gosh, she was so sick. And, you know, Jamie talks about how skinny she is. So we understand that it took a massive toll on but her. But I never got the sense that she was going to to die exactly like just like how i never got the sense that tom christie is supposed to be falling in love with claire i think like i like i kind of get a sniff of it but i don't i think admiration is a better word i'm waking up to bacon in the morning yeah but do you would you say he admires her i think he's like a like a 10 year old with her like he likes her and he hates her at the same time that's okay um and but that's what i'm getting I think that's okay. I think that Tom Christie is conflicted. So it's okay for you to kind of get that gist from the show so far. And I'm not saying their fast forwarding was a bad choice. They had to do what they had to do because of such a short season and because Mm -hmm. of the difficulties that they've had over filming for this season just because of the panorama. And I'm 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 not putting... Tony down. I'm actually trying to say commend. that, like, I'm trying to yeah. commend her. Be like, this is a monumental task, and I, I get why some people didn't like this episode because it's oh. just too much. I I enjoyed it. You know who I think did an amazing job was Katrina Balf in this episode because she had a lot her of range. Do. Yes, her range of acting. Um, for all you think the the long hair and saving people and uh, the short hair and the fear and the C section, I mean, and the, and the emotional struggle that she had to go through in the stables, having that conversation with Jamie, like all of her scenes were very very believable, even though they were such big things, and even yeah. though it was such a fast paced episode with the things that were happening, Claire Fraser was very believable the entire time for me. Sure. And she has that terrible dream about Malva, like, coming in and, like, telling her, like, your your husband loves me because you're old and the, yes. the veins are sticking out in your hands and everything. And she has that dream and she's still haunted by Lionel Brown, which is which is obviously Ugh. important. Yeah. Um, but you said that Katrina Balfe did a great job. She did, and she especially did a great job. I believed her when she said, you come near me or my husband again, and I will yep. effing kill you. Yep. Like, that is some bad news. Claire, don't like, mess. Bad news energy right there. Mm-hmm. Like, if words could kill, Malva is literally dead. I mean, and then she, she does yeah. die. But, Goodbye. Um, I just, I, I loved that moment there. Because it was it was a it was a very modern moment uh-huh. in a show that is you know a a, a past set show. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt very Frank to me. What do you mean? Like that's something Frank Randall would have done. You think so? Frank Randall would have taken that Malva, taken that little surgical knife. Don't you, you think so? Really? In. Back alley Frank. Oh, back alley Frank. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're right. All right. I got gotcha. you. That's what I'm talking about. Yep, yep. That's what that reminded me of. 
Back like, alley Frank. Like, you're going to mess with my family? Because that's, of course, when they were saying, we found Claire, meet us in the back alley. And then, of course, it was a lie. And that's what it reminded me of. You're going to mess with my partner? I will kill you. Have we gotten enough of the Christies to appreciate the fact that they are they as a unit are messed up not just Malva like are, is the show putting too much pressure on the character of Malva to be the heel you know to be the big bad if you will um i think just kind of the fisher folk in general or the superstition that they all have and then we even get you know alan coming out saying she's a witch and we know what happens to witches i think the pressure that this society has and it's just kind of um personified in the christies is is what i get out of it you know we talk claire's there for two months saying she's ostracized from the society Mm -hmm. um nobody's talking to her so we we know that these people melva even talks about somebody who wouldn't come see claire because he thinks she's a witch Mm -hmm. so the way that i'm taking it is yeah the christies are weird and they've got these weird beliefs but it's not just the christies it's this whole society that's living on living on the ridge now that has these bad beliefs about claire that has these beliefs that she's a witch uh that sides with the christies and so you're going to add that element now into what just happened at the end of this episode Yes, and here's another question I have for you, and I know you know the answer, so I'm not asking you for the answer. What I'm asking you for is what the show is telling you. How about you, Blake? What is the show no, telling you? Well, hold on. Let me, let, me just, <laughs> let me just ask the question. Okay. Um, do you think the show is telling you that Malva is taking pleasure in accusing Jamie? Like, the way it... Like, you know how she was, like, kind of getting off on cutting... The, the sin eaters fingers I almost got a hint of that when she's accusing Jamie of being the baby daddy like going full Maury Povich you are the father um, and crescent shape and, da, 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 and the scars I on almost, your back. yeah I almost got a hint of that or is the show telling you that she is being not being forced but she is doing something that she knows she shouldn't be doing what do you think the show is telling you? I don't know. Blake? <laughs> well, I know you know the answer, so I know that's a hard... I, I know, that's why I'm I know, just saying I, know I don't know. I'm putting you in a hard position. Interesting. Um, what do you think? You answer this question, Blake. I, I think the show is kind of telling me both. I would concur. Um, I... And I don't think it's... Because of the scene that it's telling me that, I, I think the show is indicating that through her actions mm. in previous episodes. She is full Poison Ivy at this point, in my opinion. Okay. But there's also something that's happening there that I don't think she was prepared for. Because there is that moment with Claire when she's like a it's like Claire it's, goes to visit her. Yeah, and it's like right on the tip of her tongue. It's like right there, and then she stops. So maybe it's like she started down a path, and then the flame got a little too hot, but something bad happened. 
like she was clearly and is clearly gunning for Jamie. But I think she she got too close to the sun. Uh, she's Icarus. She got too close to the sun, and, and her and her wax wings melted. Look at you quoting Hamilton again. <laughs> Speaking of Hamilton, yes. here's our fun little bit for the time traveler question for you, Blake. Okay, what do you got? Doc, you better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to eighty-eight. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. If you knew about the Continental Congress, um, would you be trying out for it? Um, this kind of relates to the last week's question. Like, Jamie... Okay, fine. I'll do a different one then. Ready? Is it cheating if your wife isn't actually alive in that time period? Did Jamie cheat on Claire with oh, Mary McNabb? Okay. Did he? No, he didn't cheat on her. Because he didn't know that Claire was going to be coming back, like he didn't—he didn't know any of that. Like, you—you you can't blame the guy for trying to move on with his life. I mean, he wasn't trying to move on with his life; he was just trying to feel good, and so was Mary McNabb. Yeah, well, he's trying to feel human. Yeah, and, exactly. Like that's what I'm saying. Like he's trying to feel human, so he's trying to move on. He's trying to like be more than what he was, which is like a feral dog, you know, like at that time. Um. So no, I don't think it's cheating. I don't, and like that whole confession with the Mary McNabb thing, while funny, like who the hell's Mary McNabb? Um, it, it it felt forced and awkward a little bit to me. Uh, but either way, either way, no, I don't think it's cheating. Do you okay. think it's cheating? I don't. I totally don't. I'm yeah. like Jamie. Come on. Either you tell like it, the the way he was saying it, and Claire's look. It was like he was going to say, I did sleep with Malva. You know, he had this suspense kind of thing. Well, you know, I do have something to tell you. After she just did this whole thing, I'm not supposed to be here, and neither is Brie nor Roger nor Jemmy. Oh, well, I do have something to admit. Freaking Mary McNabb. Come on, Jamie. Yeah, fine. But, like, is now the right time? I guess fine. It just he scared Claire for a second there, and I think that it was unnecessary. Yeah, that it felt very writerly. I will say that that whole back and forth. But I did, I did, I enjoyed that. That was that was great. I loved the confrontation. Like I loved the fact that Claire did call out the fact, like I loved you more than I should have, and and all of us are here because of that, and we none of us should be here, but we are. I loved the fact that the show did that. But when Jamie does the whole, well, I gotta confess, and like Claire's like, Wait, there's what? that moment of it's like it's very writerly. And well, it is. I, it's, I, felt I think like it, that was I not, felt like it was to kind of psych the show watchers out. Yes, yes. Because as a book reader, you read that. I don't even remember which book right now. <laughs> oh my god! But you read it when it happened. You re- like. Like Jamie goes over all of these like cave memories and everything, and that's when that all happens. So it's just, it's just interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, Mal. I, I, I will say that the thing with Jamie, it was it was I don't think it, it was very writerly. Like I said, I feel like it was it was there for the sake of being there. And I also kind of feel like the twist with Malva and the pregnancy and blaming it on Jamie. 
that is not, I think, as twisty as the show thinks it is. Well, it's interesting because she asks him about Lord Lovett. Oh, wasn't your grandsire Lord Lovett? Like, what does oh, that yeah. have to do Good point. with I, anything? Yeah, that's that's very smart. I, that, that's a very a smart um, catch because I didn't I didn't even think about that. Yeah, why do you think she asks him about that? I don't know. I'm not sure. M- well, maybe because uh, maybe because she knows she, what she's getting into, and like she thinks that she's going to be taken care of. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay, so Claire but goes the, in the garden. Oh, yeah, Claire goes in the garden, and and I Cut will say that it is more of a twist than her being pregnant, which is now she's croaked, Malva. Yeah, she is straight up croaked, and then Claire does a c-section which doesn't exist at that time nope nope so that's gonna look great yeah that's not great bob um (laughs) i'm and the show i think was setting up malva to be the big bad for the sake of the show watcher but now we get to this point where we realize she ain't it she ain't it it's Mm -mm. something else Mm -hmm. and that something else is probably what is what is provoking her into lying about Jamie. So, Blake, give us this Chernobyl hot take of an outlandish theory. Oh, you want the outlandish oh, theory Oh, oh, and Ian, poor Ian, being like, oh, I, yeah. I oh, had yeah, sex, might be my baby. <laughs> You're like, Ian, no, it's not. And then Claire's to be like, well, she was sleeping with everybody. Yeah, so why don't we just... Sorry, Ian. Let's pump but the brakes. But I'll do it. I'll take it for Uncle Jamie. I'll, Plus, she's you know hot. I know. Ian just willing to take the L for Uncle Jamie. Like, I love it. That is great stuff. All right. Let's get to the Outlandish Theory of the Week, shall we? Please. I want to let you know that this Outlandish Theory of the Week is brought to you by Weebox. Oh, Listen, I love Weebox. Can't get enough Weebox. And here's the deal, ladies and gents. This Weebox that's currently going on right now takes you back. Takes you back to where it all began. Back in Scotland, five carefully curated gifts, and they're all exclusive to Weebox, and they celebrate all things Outlander. Oh, Oh, be still my heart. And the one that I want to call out right now, yeah, it's celebrating the union between Jamie and Claire. They're beautiful, just stunning, gorgeous, excellent, fantastic, just just beaming with love. It's the recreation of Claire's wedding ring. And it's silver plated and it's fully adjustable so yes, that you can enjoy so you can adjust it. wearing in your own comfort and feeling a unique connection to the Outlander legend. Oh. It's in that that that's just one one of the carefully curated Weebox gifts and that, that is comes from your Scotland. gateway to romance, mystery, and the heritage of Scotland. Love it. It just get out of here with how great that is. Okay, so if people are like, All right, I'm gonna try me out this Wee Box. Yep. What do they need to do? You got to go to webox.co.uk. We've been saying .com. Um, that I don't want you to go there. I want you to go to webox.co.uk. Okay. All right? We if you it. go there, you you can even get a 10% discount by using the discount code. Again, we're here. We're taking care of you. We are taking care up. of you. These are a few of our favorite things. giving you this discount things. code. 10% off. Use the discount code Outlander. Outlander. All right? All right. Here's my... Uh, 
I got a couple. Of, I got a couple. I'm going to save okay, the Chernobyl on. one. I'm going to get super cozy. This is this the first one is a microwave take. All right, I'm not I'm not full on Chernobyl yet. Okay, you but don't this even reheat it on the stove. You microwave it. Get okay. soggy. It's no coincidence that Lionel Brown's brother. What's his What's his name? Matt. Tom. What? Yeah, the the Brown. The Brown. The Brownsvilles. Yeah. The the yeah, the, the other Jabrowny. I can't remember his name now. <laughs> what? <laughs> you just cracked me up. <laughs> it's no coincidence that that guy is leading up the safety committee. What? Oh, you just cracked me up. It's he's on the safety committee, right? It's no yes, coincidence right. that he's got a beef with Jamie and Claire. And it's no coincidence Claire is found, is going to be found in the middle of the garden with uh, a fully croaked Malva. And baby. And a dead baby in her hands. Like, 0.0 coincidence that, that this is all happening. Because he is going to hear about this Malva being croaked, and, she, and he's going to arrest either Jamie or Claire. And it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad news for what's coming up. I'm thinking that everyone's going to blame Jamie for it, but since Claire has literally caught blood on her hands, people might blame Claire. And they think she's a witch. Um, and they think that's, that she's a witch. Fair enough. That's not great. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my take. The, the, the Browns are coming back for the phrases, and this is how they're going to get their revenge for Lionel being... Uh, being killed. Interesting. So I like that. But here's my Chernobyl take. Okay. Right? This is like radiation like like 12 million Ronkin, okay? Uh, level radiation. Alright? The show did this really interesting thing. And this is a great filming. Interesting use of interesting. And and this is it's a great editing technique. You'll see that like in episodes of television or movies, something will be like who somebody will say who could have done this or who is responsible for this or something like that. And the next smash cut is the person that is responsible for the thing that they're asking, right? Um, it's an editing technique to tell you again the story without actually telling you this is it. And the same exact thing happens here between in the conversation between Claire and Malva. Malva is just just about to tell Claire the truth about whatever. Claire's like, "Listen, I can help you. You got to tell me the truth. It's okay." And she's just about to do it. And then Claire's like, what is going on? And in the background, just as Malva is about to spout the information, who do you see in the background and the focus shifts to automatically? I don't know. Alan. Here's the deal. This is a filmmaking technique that is widely used. And if you pay attention... To how things are filmed, you get the answer right away. And that is this. Something happened to Malva. And there's a reason why she is lying. Right? There's a reason why both Tom Christie and Claire got sick. And had the same sickness that was different from anybody else. You got to think. 
who gains the most from both of those two people being croaked if they do die? It's Malva. Because Malva knows that she's pregnant, number one, and if her dad dies, she don't got to deal with him. And number two, she knows that if Claire dies, then she can swoop in and live with Jamie because she can lie that it's his kid and then she's taken care of because she's gone full poison ivy. And she's using the fingers that she's been cutting off, not just for the love charms. I think she's try- She's using the fingers to get them sick. Ew. Somehow, some way. Think your juice. And that, or, 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 here's the other thing. Note, too, that Jamie's like, oh, this tea. Like, oh, Claire gave me this tea when I had uh, the venom from the, the, the snake that bit me. She, Malva is making this tea to protect Jamie because Malva's done something to the water or she's done something to the food that Jamie and Claire and everybody else is drinking. Ew. So she's given Jamie the, the antidote and she's not giving it to Claire. And she's getting both of them sick because she knows she's going to lie. And why is she lying? Why, Blake? Because Alan has something to do with this. Either, either, here's the Chernobyl, here's one thing. Either he's in on it, he knows who the who the problem is. Who what problem is? Like and he knows who did this to her. And he is making her lie about Jamie. Or here's the Chernobyl take. Okay. Chernobyl take. Bum bum bum. At, like the world is sizzling right now. He's the father. Because that family messed up to I, to the gills. Ugh. You can't get any more messed up than the Christies. And you can't tell me that there's no, like, flowers in the attic going on. Ew. Uh, Telling you. Ew. Uh, family's weird. And this is why I'm saying the show is put too much pressure on Malva to be the big bad. Because it's going to turn around and be like, no, it wasn't Malva. It's been Alan the whole time. You know, that guy that got his ass kicked by his dad and Jamie the entire time? He's the real bad guy. I, I, I find it hard to believe. And I just, I, I don't believe that he's the bad guy. But I do believe that either he's in on it or there's some flowers in the attic happening. Oh, gross. I'm just telling you, that's how I feel. Market zero. Also, if she's sleeping around with all these people, how do we even know who could the father be? Like like yeah, Claire said. The way, again, the way that they edited it, they made it, it, it's a clear indication that Alan is a part of this. Because as soon as he comes up, Malva's uh, whole attitude turns on a dime. And not only does it turn, it goes, she doubles down. Mm-hmm. And she goes even further. And that's when we get the whole problem happening, right? So Alan is either in on it or he did it. And why is he in on it? And again, think of, think of who has the most to gain if Tom Christie dies that means Alan doesn't have to deal with his dad anymore. And then if Claire dies, Malva can swoop in and be with Jamie, and Alan is in on the the uh, the, the main crew here. He's got all the things. I'm just telling you, Alan is either in on it or he did it. And they're trying to cover it up. Interesting. So that's all I'm going to say. Market zero, dude. Interesting. Mark me. Who do you think can you hang up and try again? That's a good question. Ain't Claire, obviously. I mean, 
how do you know? She was ether crazy. Yeah, but if she was ether crazy, that means that she's she's knocked out. Like you, we've seen what ether does to her, and that it it, it puts her. She's on, been seeing, and it puts her on on Mars. She's been seeing things. Yeah, but she again, if she's on Mars, she ain't walking around killing people. Like Let's she's just not. in bed. Okay. So it ain't Claire. It ain't Roger. It ain't Bree. How do you know? <laughs> they wouldn't do it, would they? Do it. I think a dark horse is Ian. Um, because he's trying to protect Uncle Jamie. And he probably found out that Malvo was sleeping with other people. And he's like, <laughs> screw you, lady. <laughs> I give you my sex bracelet. If I can't have you. Nobody can. <laughs> I've really messed up relationship with sex. <laughs> Um, the other one, I don't think it's Tom. Could it be Jamie? Could be Jamie, but I don't see him slitting little girls' th- throats. Could it be a, f- a different Fisher Folk person? No, because they got nothing to gain. You know what it could be? Could be Alan. Because if they're going to make Alan the father of the baby or or him in on it, then what's what's to say that he can't go the next step further? Like what's to say that he doesn't go crazy and just kill Malva? Like what like what is to say that he can't do that? You are going down some really crazy routes right now. I'm just thinking about it and I'm like, well, it could be him. Because maybe maybe like him lying about Sadly we know it can't be Marsley, because you know it she'd be down uh, with that. If Marsley was around I would have said a hundred percent guaranteed yep. that it would have been her. She would have said, Fergus, put on your knife attachment. Put <laughs> <laughs> going to the garden. Like, she absolutely would have done it. So I don't know. I'm, I, That's why she has to be New Bern. Everyone's like, Why are they gone? Because she they can't don't, be a suspect. Yeah, nope. She'd so, be Miss Scarlet. And then there's not enough other characters for it to be impactful. Like it ain't Kezi or Desi or Josie or whoever the or Lizzie. It ain't, it ain't Lizzie. Lizzie can't even tell her ass from her elbow. So what do you mean? What are you? Just because she she's malaria? She's got malaria. She's how about Mrs. Bug? Mrs. Bug. Ooh, oh, dark Mrs. horse. Mrs. Bug would do it just so she could write some whistle, whistle bug papers. Mm. I'm. That's it. That's a super dark horse. Like there's. <laughs> There's a dark horse in Ian. I'm willing to. I'm willing to have a conversation about that. But the super dark horse, Mrs. Bug. Mrs. Bug. More than likely, it's Alan. You know who it's not? Who? The sin eater. Definitely not the sin eater. <laughs> that Ain't would be awesome. Left. He couldn't hold on to the knife. <laughs> <laughs> Clay can't bring him back to life. Oh, all right, you ready to close this bad boy out? I am. I'm. I'm falling asleep yeah we're like, getting a delirium you're talking too long oh my god i'm so tired all right let's do it let's close it out <sighs> if there's any doubt how much we love you all and how much we love outlander know this we're podcasting from bed <laughs> with a mini studio talking about malva and mrs bug whistle down whistle whistle bug <laughs> whistle bug <laughs> hey oh. how excited is claire to go to philadelphia i'm gonna go to the next one. 
Oh yeah, she's in. And Roger, Roger's such a little history dork. He's like, I, dude, I can't wait to go. Jamie, hurry up, please. Jamie's like, like, sorry, I have to go get rid of Malva for a hot second. Then I'll come. Oh man, if here's the problem, I know I would be Roger in that situation. I know that I'd be like, dude, we gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta Why go. Is that a to problem? Go see we gotta do this. Like we totally would have done that. Why, why is that a problem? Because I hate knowing the fact that I'm somehow related to Roger in any way. God, stop hating on him, Blake. <laughs> it's become a thing. That's a matter of principle. It's now. not. It's because you are Roger. You're not Jamie. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not Jamie. I'm Jamie. Not at all. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. No, you are not Claire. No. By any stretch. 100% not Claire. <laughs> Who would I be on the ridge? Marceline. I would be Marceline. Yeah, you'd be Marceline. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Outlander Cast and us in bed making all these stupid, silly jokes and having a good time. <laughs> for the nipples during labor alone. I know, right? And uh, remember <laughs> that no, we- that's all I get. What? No, I, I just, I, okay. I appreciate yep. it. It's good. Well, no, not during labor. Just start labor. Remember, we do have a goal to get to 900 patrons. So we are hoping to get... We're inching our way. We are inching our way. We're at like 860 right now. And remember also that if we do get to 900, you at jointhenerdclan.com will be able to choose whatever reward you so desire. It pretty much has to be a Blake reward though, okay? No, no, no. It could be a one-off reward. I know. I'm just saying I'm tired, okay? Make Blake do some stuff. Listen, (laughs) I do a lot. I'm just saying... It, it, it could be uh, a movie commentary, and we've had some other ideas on other shows that people would, have been thinking of. Uh, we could do another Minute with Mary that I, that I is uh, an experiment on me, if you will. Uh, we, we've done that before. It's it's probably going to be like a one-off reward. It won't be a new podcast. Bake cinnamon rolls and share's recipe. Or That's right. Pizza. We talked about baking cinnamon rolls and me sh- doing a video of how I bake my famous cinnamon rolls or my or my world famous cookies. Your cookies are better than your cinnamon rolls. They are. You haven't perfected the cinnamon rolls. I haven't gotten the cinnamon rolls 100% yet. I agree. I'm like I'm like 85% there. The caramelization is not quite I know. You know, I actually talked to our resident baker Tammy about that. Good. Uh, she's helped me out with the with the with the the, the the cinnamon filling. Good. Which is really good. Or uh, on my pizza recipe. The pizza is much is very good. Um, so th- we've we've talked about doing those things, those tutorials. Uh, but know that it'll be a it, it will be a one off. Uh, it's not another podcast. Not another podcast. I'm tired. <laughs> and Mary's so tired. Uh, so if we get 900 members, we will we will do that. So please go to jointhenerdclan.com. Blake, we meaning Blake, and and uh, become a member there. Also, please too. Go to the Mary and Blake socials where you will be able to vote for Mary and I talking. in the Best of Rhode Island uh, Award. What are you saying? I'm tired. You just keep talking. Well, okay, we here, I'll put the microphone down. I, everyone, you know it's me, Mary. Blake's going to keep talking. So do know that we, you can go to maryandblake.com or you can check out our socials and vote for us in the Best of Rhode Island Awards for the Best Podcast of Rhode Island. All you have to do is just write in Mary and Blake Media in the, in, in the yeah, write in Mary and Blake Media uh, in the Best Podcast of Rhode Island section uh, for the statewide awards. Yes. So, um, do that. And that's that. So, uh, thank you so much. Once again, I appreciate it. Look forward to the listener feedback episode coming up probably this weekend as I'm going to Florida. Uh, or, or maybe we'll do it next week. Yeah, sure. Whatever. I don't know. We'll see. We'll make some bad decisions. We'll, we'll have some fun with it. As for now though, ladies and gents, my name is Blake. 
that's Mary, and you've been listening to Outlander Cast. <laughs> Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.